welcome to Attack of the Queer Wolf. I'm Brennan. I'm Michael. I'm Sam. Hey. hey. And you may have missed the dulcet tones of our good friend, Nay. She is out sick today, unfortunately. Aww, get better, Nay. Yeah, please. We're nothing without you. I know. Get that cold under control. Yeah. No, she actually... She's getting better. Yeah. Well, well I hope so. Yeah. She texted me today that... Tuesday was really bad. Yesterday was better. Today is okay. So she's great. She just didn't want to come. Is what I'm hearing. <laughs> I think today was worse than yesterday. Oh, sure. Sure, sure. Mm. Uh, Michael's re- a really good like backup person if you need to call in sick for like class or a meeting or something. Hi. He's like, oh, totally. I saw them earlier. <laughs> they were like really pale and throwing up in a bucket. My best friend's sister's brother's girlfriend's boyfriend said Ferris passed out at 31 Flavors last night. Wow. <laughs> That's from Ferris Bueller. I could tell. Mm-hmm. That was intense. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I guess we should do tea time. We do that, right? Yeah. Um, so let's spill on the things that we've been watching this week, including, I hear we all saw the trailer for Cats. <laughs> we have to talk about that. We have that. to talk about that shit. Like, Friends, I have never been so excited to see something. I don't know. I'm like on purpose? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I don't know where this conversation is going to go, but I will start with this. Okay. <laughs> I watched the trailer, I think, about 15 times. I'm not kidding. I, I watched, mean, I watched it, it over like the course of about an hour. Um, and each time was an experience, and it was hard. I watched it on the toilet once, so different experiences. Smart. Perfect. Because that's, that's smart, because it made my tummy hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I was going to shit my pants when I watched it. Okay. So I wish I was the on the toilet. The claws are out. Yeah. It's like, it's just... <laughs> like, I mean, it's like it an, made me feel weird. I'm not gonna lie. Like the cats have like Mallory O'Mara. Do you guys follow her on Twitter? Uh-huh. Uh huh. The writer, she tweeted, "Ari cats." <laughs> I was dying for like 20 minutes. Ari cats. Why do they have human tits? <laughs> well, it's a feature a length Orangina commercial. Still laughing. Um, okay, why did they look right into the camera a good three times in the trailer? I was counting because I wanted to pick it out, but they do. They're in on the joke, you know? I mean, and Are they? It, it's just, <laughs> Cats, to me, is already so bonkers. Like, if you were to wrap up the premise of Cats, it's what? Like, a bunch of cats who talk we and look like people alley, right? are competing to be reincarnated? Holy shit. Yeah, like, they want to die, some nursery right? rhymes? Oh, yeah. yeah. This is a dark, weird relic of the 80s. <laughs> so it's like, the only way to present this in a 2019 environment is to just hit the gas on bonkers, and they fucking did. I don't know. It made me feel really weird watching it. I just kept going, oh, no. Oh. Oh. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> I... I do like how they built two whole sets for it. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's all I got out of it. And this I little. can't wait to find out that the budget was like 125 million. <laughs> yeah. It, I, the thing that makes me excited is the idea that someone got to jump on a giant bed that they built. Like, that's a real, like, it's, it's as if you, you, the human, were a cat size and got to plant a giant bed. And I'm just kind of jealous of that. I have a question. Continue. Were they. In that makeup while they performed, or was it all was Absolutely that all added not. in post? I'm sh- this is just this is right? Avatar, right? Okay, it was Avatar. I, That's what I think. I have no idea. I mean, watching it, it's like, is this how animated is this? I don't, I don't know. I yeah. mean, it's I wa- I, I didn't bother even blowing up the YouTube video to full screen on my computer. I was like, I'm not going to bother looking <laughs> I mean, at this closely. So just it like, may I want to see well, the suggested have- videos that are coming next. <laughs> I will say this to put it in context of things that I'm, I have been excited about. Like, 
there is the like the New Year's Eve movie, right? We knew that was going to be trash. The one that was mm-hmm. like after Valentine's Day, but before that Mother's was like Day. A yeah, part of the yeah, trilogy. Where right. Ashton Kutcher is a New Year's Grinch, which really exists. Oh, it's, and Leah Michelle. God, I love that you know this. Second chances don't expire till midnight. Brandon Marshall. That was like his last, like one of his last. Movies. I think Mother's Day was. Yeah, like those the, were like his last three. I think. But there's something special about that movie where I watch it every New Year's because it's so because it demands crazy. that you do it. Yeah, and, well, and it's I, also because, stars. American treasure, Catherine Heigl. It has an, yes, <laughs> it has an incredible cast and really somebody does. just threw money at a Hillary terrible idea. One, right? Yes, mm. absolutely. Well, and I think that day. this is just an example of people throwing money at a terrible idea. Tom Hooper, which is insane. Well, when's the last time he made a movie that was like actually great? And I mean, not Les just, Mis and The King's Speech were both nominated for Best Picture. That doesn't mean, mean anything. anything. Green Book like, won Best Picture, True, Michael. true. But it's not like he was – it's not like those aren't considered critical. I don't know. Look, I really like Les Miserables, but I was fresh out of high school. I was ready to cry. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's happening. Yeah, it's there. It sure it's is. Thing. <laughs> I so thought the, – the main cat girl who's like in the first shot and is like, you know, the, the protagonist or whatever. Yeah, actress. that that girl. I thought she was Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> Would love she, that movie. She has that like doe-eyed vibe to her. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Maybe the sequel. <sighs> Carly and Hilary Duff. Oh my god, are we going if we got a cats too, like how we got Mama <laughs> Mia too? I would I love this. I was uh, <laughs> I was talking to actually actually texting with Mark Fortin today. Mm-hmm. Heard of him? About the trailer, and we were discussing how and I think I tweeted about this, how it seems like a movie Jack Donahue would have greenlit on 30 Rock. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Starring Jenna Maroney and Mark's like, what it would have been called Cats and spelled K-A-T-T-Z. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was really great. How, guys, <clears> how what a missed opportunity. excited about this. That's what I'm saying. This is like real life. But it's so, it cannot be good. Yeah, it was greenlit by Jack Donahue mm-hmm. via the film and microwave oven division yeah. of G. <laughs> Have you guys seen Crawl? I would like to bring that up. Not yet. Okay. Okay. Tell us about it. Did you have a good time? I know you saw it with Chelsea and she loved it. I did. She loved it. I loved it. I found, I was crying, (laughs) but that's not like unusual for me. I cried a lot. (laughs) I was going to say, now that you mentioned it. I mean, like if we're being real, like, (laughs) okay. Um, But I I felt like, um, well, I had to check the logic at the door, but I knew that it's a creature feature. Like you're going into it. Yeah. Great performances, incredible directing, um, and like the Aja. scares were awesome as long as you don't like think too hard. But the movie itself, I totally worth it, and such a good summer flick. So I actually recommend Crawl. Anyone I know that saw it said they had a blast, but it sounded like a good, uh, big prerequisite was like make sure you see it with a big crowd. Hmm. Okay, because was your audience pretty full? It was actually pretty small. Oh yeah. But I was crying, so maybe it was big and I couldn't see through my own tears. <laughs> God, I love that crawl made you cry. <laughs> that scary story to tell in the dark trailer just really hits you right here. That looks like a lot of fun. That looks really Doesn't fun. Doesn't it look like a lot of fun? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like really happy with – like Annabelle Comes Home was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I'm really ready for them to kind of mix up the Conjuring universe like, and do some different stuff with it because at this point I'm like, all right. I know – it's like I get it that like possession is its thing. It's like a slasher movie without the slasher. Mm-hmm. Right. But I'm just like, I need I need a different flavor at this point. I had a lot of fun with it, but now I'm ready for 
same yeah. something different, I, but there's been a lot of there. fun horror movies this year. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I, I want two things from the Conjuring universe. I want a movie about the monkey with the symbols, and I want a actually good movie about La Llorona. <laughs> yes. My requests for the Conjuring universe are that there is someone who gets possessed actually kills people. <laughs> and then uh-huh. in the sequel has to live with that knowledge, knowing that they killed people okay. or the Warrens are unsuccessful in one of the conjurings. And then the next movie is them dealing with the fact that they were unsuccessful to me. That would give the series like, a, like a, the next push that it needs to move uh-huh. forward. Cause Annabelle comes home again. I had a blast. Watching it's, it's, that. A, it's a fun, it's a lot of fun movie. It's a, a lot of fun movie. <laughs> it's a fun movie. But after it, I was like, okay, what's next for this? This, felt, the Wannaverse, as it, Rebecca called it on Shockwaves. Yes. <clears throat> I mean, watching it to me felt like the first time I really felt like I was watching an episode of TV in that series. Like, I'm like, oh, The Conjuring is a TV series that we just go all go watch together. Have you ever talked to Jordan Cruciola about this? I actually talked to her immediately after I watched it. She, like, has this whole take on how The Conjuring universe should actually be a TV series. I And it actually makes so much sense. When she's here, I think next month. Yeah. We, sh- we, we should, should bring definitely it up. talk sure. about it. Because let and her. This movie it. is a backdoor pilot for a like Friday the Thirteenth TV series, like in that room. Shop it really is. Situation. It just felt like yeah. goosebumps to me. And it did. It felt it, like a, a, a good high a quality episode yeah. of goosebumps. Not a, not an insult at all. Um, I mean, I love goosebumps. Yeah. So. <laughs> Not reading them, uh, but the production design, holy shit. I loved it. I was like getting lost in every detail. Jennifer Spence, 70s. she's yeah. really good. She killed it. She did. Also, I I am of two minds about the character of Bob in that movie um, because the one joke they make about him is the terrible Bob's Got Balls joke, which was never funny. Right. And just, they keep I like just actually couldn't believe now. Patrick Wilson actually said it. That makes me happy. <laughs> also, don't put a guitar in Patrick Wilson's fucking hands and don't have him play it. Okay. <laughs> anyway. But that, he's so the type of dad that would just bust it out at every occasion. Oh, yeah. I love that. And all I the 10-year-olds are going to be like, of course, yeah, give it to me. <laughs> um, but yeah. No, but I thought that that character was really sweet. And I don't know. I Ultimately like- unnecessary, though. Oh, absolutely. I actually think the friend whose dad – had passed uh-huh. should have been the main character. Yes. Their character should have been. Flipped I, yeah. Because she was by far the more interesting character and had the more interesting story. And it was weird to me that they set up the blonde as the lead character. And all her story was that she has a crush on the cashier at the local grocery store. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's, it's a teen element. I don't yeah. know. I kind of love everyone's that they, lives are that exciting. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of love that they brought the teen element to the conjuring universe. Finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, in like a very teen way. As yeah, it, like, it, it's the one that's not about a, a family. Yeah. Like a nuclear family. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what else? What? Have I, what, what have you seen? What? Oh, no. Oh, I thought no, you were going to say something. Oh, I mean, for me, it was just a solid middle of the road in that franchise, though. I don't, it didn't really do much. I, I don't think I'd watch Agreed. it all again. I think for me, I'll, write, I'll rank my Conjuring films right okay. now. Conjuring 2 is number one. Really? Conjuring is number two. Annabelle Creations three, Annabelle Comes Home is four, Annabelle is five, and the Nun six. And if you count La Llorona, I'll put that before the Nun. I think the Nun is the worst. <laughs> I think we have the exact. Do we have the same exact same? Yeah, that is so yeah, weird. That's not the really, first time that's I, happened. Yeah, I, you, yeah. You I and really, I have a lot of the same stuff. We have when a it comes lot of crossovers. <laughs> I agree with the general gist, but the Conjuring would be flip number one for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're both so good. Mm-hmm. But there's always, for some reason, whenever a really good sequel happens, I always. 
somehow end up liking it better because it's oh, so rare um, for a horror sequel to be that good. I mean, like, uh, is this the Scream 2 yeah. syndrome? Uh huh. And like Friday the 13th Part 2, I think, well, is the best on that franchise. I prefer that one. As that well. movie's yeah. actually, it's, it's as great. A director. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then, you know, the the lighting is not just flashlights. <laughs> I love both of those movies. I do too. But, but two is just so great. It's got the best final final girl in that entire series, mm-hmm. if you ask me. Amy Seal. Possibly baby. one of the best in horror. Of all time. Yeah. Yeah, she's up there. Yeah. Also, Amy Steele is an ally because is there she? is a love podcast it. called The Hysteria Continues. It's a slasher podcast. Three of the co-hosts are gay, and one of them got engaged at a horror convention and she was the one who like facilitated it. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. I love that. Cause that's the, bu- like the biggest bummer about these old franchises is like finding out who's like a Christian freak now. Yeah. It's like the most disappointing thing. So it's like really nice that my Jenny. Oh yeah. She's solid. It's like facilitating that. Butt sex. Yes. Thank you, Jenny. <laughs> well, Amy. thank you for everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love this conversation. <laughs> oh, here for it. Um, I would like to do a real quick catch up on some of the TV stuff that I've been mentioning. I have a couple I want to do too. Oh, so okay. Maybe, okay. Maybe they're the same. Yeah, we can swap. Um, well, first of all, I just want to add to, I, I'm now caught up on Los Spookies and you should continue. I, if you, I, are you watching? It's, it's on my list because oh, I've okay. heard nothing but good things. Turk was, Ryan Turk was saying how good it yes. is. Yeah. It's, it's like, I hear it's hilarious. It's so weird. Um, Fred Armisen. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's great. Um, but I will say they have added to the cast since last I spoke. Oh no kidding. Uh John Early, who mm-hmm. is gay icon. I love yeah. him. Um and also Carol Kane has joined Why the cast of the Spookies. Are you Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm gonna I mean, go that's like yeah, bye. Yeah. Brennan, yeah. Also, you're finishing. <laughs> playing a character who is so fully off her rocker that you it actually helps like her well it helps more <laughs> to read the spanish subtitles and actually listen to her speak english okay because <laughs> she is just out just off the leash on this show i love her it's wow. so good um, she makes her 30 or her kimmy schmidt character seem <laughs> yeah just grounded and gritty and realistic what what tv are you talking about michael uh pose Yes. Are you okay. caught up on Pose? I am. We need to be very tiptoey about this if you're talking about what I think you're talking about. I mean, it's. I love it. Uh-huh. I love the show, but I just feel like as the season's progressing, it's very uneven. Yeah. This. It's like, are, are you caught up, Sam? No, I'm halfway through season one. Okay. 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 All right. We won't give away too much. Um, if you're actually listening, a good article to go read, if you're caught up, that I will plug instead is Joe Lipsitz and. I'm blanking Terry. on their name. Yes, from Gaily Dreadful, right? Yes. They do a pose recap together now. And they actually, it's really, I love that they actually post it on each other's sites every other week. So, mm-hmm. like one week, Joe will post it on his site, and then the next week, it'll go on Terry's, which I think is really fun. Yeah, Joe is very good at equ- equitable distribution within yes. a partnership. Yes, which is great. His husband's so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, they had a really good recap for this last episode, and Joe really goes all in about how this season is just so uneven and random. It is very random. I mean, it's a show that definitely likes to pivot its focus and really dive into like this character this time and this right. one. But it's kind of been doing that this season, where it's been like it's almost been like character studies each week. Yeah, it's been very popcorn. Like, okay, now we're going to spend some time with you, but it's been a little more jagged, probably. But they like bring up things. Trying to say this without 
spoiling anything for you, Sam. They bring up things that you forget about because they haven't talked about them in so long. And then all of a sudden Uh we're back in that world completely. And Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, so this is still a thing. Yeah. Or like this character. Especially with the time jump. Yeah. You're like, you essentially haven't heard about it in five years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the thing is their lives have not moved a single centimeter from season one. It has three years later. Yeah. It makes no sense. This is kind of a tragedy. It makes no sense. Okay, like podcast pitch. We call it spoiler alert, but we just describe things we've seen, but not spoiling them. <laughs> yeah, and I actually think that is still going to be entertaining to listen yeah, to. Yeah, because this oh, yeah. is fascinating. I'm like, all right, keep going. Brendan and I are like speaking in code. Oh, yeah. I'm so yeah. into it. Okay, is, and Go ahead. I will say it does kind of have the Ryan Murphy disease of- Season two. Like, well, first of all, season two. Second of all, like, just really- brutal exposition scenes where you can tell someone just rattling off a Wikipedia page, like to right. someone who should al- already know what they're talking about. Or like the weird, like seven minute dance sequence. I mean, it's great, but at the same time, it's like, did they really just spend an act? No, the thing is, here's the thing <laughs> about that. I liked that the show took a step back and was like, here's some art for you. I mean, yeah, it's pretty interesting. And it showcases some of the actors other talents uh-huh. that they don't get to show off all the time, which is great. And I mean, I, the ball scenes this season are amazing. And mm-hmm. I feel like there's more of them, which I'm always like, give me as many of the fucking ball culture scenes that you can give me. Cause they're so fucking great. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that's jarring this year is like the random usage of modern terms like reboot. Oh yeah. There was a different, and uh, yeah, winter is coming and like those kind of things. So I'm just, it like, it doesn't work for me. It no. takes me totally out, but it also is like the show's camp. Yeah. No, so the, the show has never been anything but that, I at least in terms it. of the, you know, the balls and the lifestyle yeah, of that half of the show. Blanca. Yeah. Blanca's she is iconic. Although, <laughs> um, my Sergio had the best like couch joke of the whole season so far. Uh, he says that Blanca is the Tyrion Lannister of this season. Cause she keeps giving <laughs> terrible advice to Queens. <laughs> But it's also like it comes always from a great. Oh yeah, no Blanca motherly is motherly place. Like the the best human, the best of us. Yeah, she really is. Um, but yeah, I, I really want to tiptoe back out of this so we can yeah. avoid spoilers. Yes. We can talk about that later. All right, let's time. back out to something else. But I want to back out to the movie after, <laughs> which the, I watched. The movie after. It's called After. It is you heard a. Of this? I don't think so. It is a university set romance movie based on a fan fiction about Harry Styles from One Direction. Um, it, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's the, it's the 50 Shades of Grey thing, how that was a Twilight fan fiction. Uh-huh. They changed the names, published it, made it into a whole movie franchise. Right. Um, after is that it stars, well, look, it's been so obfuscated from who Harry Styles is that, it's almost nothing. It's just a British dude who's really pale. He's not even a rock star. He's just some like kind oh, they took of took away his music. Yeah, he's like this kind of brooding kid with tattoos. Okay, and the re- deeply boring straight woman who loves him. <laughs> oh man, where did you watch this? I got it on Redbox. It's it made okay. It made like twelve million in the Sorry, states, but it made this. like sixty nine million worldwide. You're kidding? Yeah, it's probably getting a sequel. Do you know what the budget was? It was like ten million. Okay, I don't know what they spent. They it released on. it in theaters here. Yeah, it it got a very quiet release. The guy that the the actor's name is Hero. No, no, no. Here, you don't know the half of it, Michael. 
that's the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> this guy, this this uh, British Harry Styles man, he is Joseph. And Fourteen Ray million dollar budget made seventy million, so yeah, probably made a decent profit. Yeah, it's doing all right. And clearly, they did not spend a lot on advertising. Yeah, make, they're making a sequel. Um, but yeah, so um, the the lead guy in the movie is the nephew of Ray Fiennes and Joseph Fiennes. Um, his full name is Hero Beauregard Faulkner Fiennes Tiffin. Holy shit! And that's the most interesting thing about the movie. Um, because the, the straight girl thinks she's interesting because she doesn't like <laughs> ketchup on her burgers. She's like, I'm full of surprises. <laughs> and there, a scene, look, I, I'm, I'm only pulling out the really good moments. It's a deeply boring movie. Can't stop looking at um, this movie. Oh, Selma Blair's on it. Yeah. She plays the very overprotective mom Love of that. the girl. Oh, there's pictures of him in his underwear. Anyway. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. No, there, there's a scene where he hands her his shirt and he's this really skinny, twinky d- British dude. Mm-hmm. And she like puts on his shirt and it, it has somehow grown three sizes since he handed it to her. <laughs> she is draped in it. And I'm like, you are taller than him. Um, but anyway, all this stuff. It has a scene that rivals the boy next door for complete misunderstanding of literature. Love it. Um, here for that. Yeah. I am too. Uh, look, the boy next door is one of my favorite movies. It's amazing. And the first edition of the Iliad scene is. Oh my God. Sp- spectacular. Jaw dropping. Um, <laughs> but this scene, she's like a business econ major, but she like really likes English. And so they're talking about all of the books that you would have read in junior year of high school, because I assume that's the age the author was when she wrote the fan fiction. Mm. Um, so they talk about weathering heights and pride and prejudice. And they also talk about the great Gatsby. And he's like, I've got a tidbit for you at the end of the great Gatsby. It was all a dream. And I was just like, the fuck. And she's like, you're wrong, sir. Uh, hero Beauregard Faulkner finds Tiffin. Um, actually, <laughs> It was all a lie. Ooh, and it's like, dear. that's also not fucking true. No. <laughs> like th- part of Gatsby's story that he tells people is a lie, but the, the great Gatsby is not a dream or a lie. And I just, she must've just going to say that it. it's not either of those. She things. must've been writing in her moleskin during English class or something. I don't know. She missed. She rolled it on what she wrote it on Wattpad. Yes. Yeah. Hey, podcast pitch. We go through movies and we pull their <laughs> lessons, like their English lessons on literature, and then talk about their meaning. I would love that. Yeah, and get into uh, the differences between reality and everything in every 90s movie. I'm so into, oh, yeah, any, into this. Give me any oh. classroom scene in any Kevin Williamson's film. And oh, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm yeah. so there. Mm-hmm. I, my favorite classroom scene is Zeke and the faculty, huh. who's uh-huh. in fifth year senior who oh, like yes. just lights up the English teacher on the meaning of lost in paradise. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, so he's smart. Love it. Uh, no, look, Kevin Williamson teens, like he writes teens, teens exactly as smart as teens think they are. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about him. That's what I love about him too. Cause it's on purpose. Yeah. It's not him thinking he's clever. It's, it's actually pretty clever what he's yeah. doing. Yeah. Yeah. He's a genius. Yeah. Um, one last thing about this movie before we move on. Um, <laughs> She she's a freshman in college. She starts off the movie with a boyfriend who's a senior in high school because, you know, that's how it is. Um, And I was so profoundly embarrassed by how much I was that high school boyfriend because my my boyfriend in high school is a year older than me. And he went to college and we had this whole rift breaking apart dynamic, which is what normally happens with relationships that have that kind of divide. Yeah. Um, but the that girl year starts, is very different. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, but it's so over the top. Like the girl, he catches her like drinking and he keeps texting her like, I told your mom, I'm so disappointed for you. I can't believe you would let yourself go like this. And I was like, I think I was that, that boy. And I'm so <laughs> mad at myself. <laughs> oh, Brennan. Anyway, I love hearing more about your, I love like hearing more of your backstory filled in. Thank you. <laughs> that was very red ribbon week. Um, but yes, before we move on to our discussion, and we're mm-hmm. actually not talking about a movie today. We're having a general discussion topic. Um, I actually got a message from a listener of the show that I needed to share with everyone oh, and okay. get feedback on. Okay. It's, it kind of blew my mind wide open because we've talked on the show a lot about the corporatization of pride. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's really – it's positive and it's a really interesting perspective. Okay. Because we've talked a lot about corporatization at pride and sponsors at pride and all the stuff that's just kind of cheesy and tacky and not uh, so great about it. Yeah. But yeah, this is from a listener named Glenn Colin. He says – Hey there, just wanted to share something in response to something that's come up a couple times in recent weeks. I get how corporate presence at Pride events in the States can feel disingenuous and like a cheap shill, but on the other hand, I've been living in Poland for the last 10 years, which was always a conservative religious country, but in the last few years, an especially evil far-right-wing party has been in power, and with upcoming elections, it is a non-stop onslaught on the LGBT community. And here comes the twist. Outsourcing for huge multinational corporations is a huge local industry. The national economy is completely dependent on it. And all of those companies have policies regarding non-discrimination and diversity, which are often at odds with the government. Effectively, this industry, made up of firms I never thought of as white hats, is a tremendous force for good in this country. And when I go to the march in my city every year, which really is still a march and not a parade, I'm always really happy to see the t-shirts emblazoned with Shell or UBS or IBM because these are powerful organizations which are using their economic leverage to establish and protect rights of not only <laughs> LGBT people in this country. I never expected I'd be arguing in defense of giant corporations, but their presence at the march makes an important statement, and I'm glad they're there. That's this great sh- to hear. This shit not just great got to hear, but yeah. global. Yeah, it did. Well, so, it's, it's, it's fascinating – I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of at a loss for words because it has a whole new meaning and it has a different meaning for him than it does here. Yeah. You it, know what I mean? It's like literally it sounds like it's being a, translated. Yeah. And it sounds like it's like in Poland, it's almost like a, a thing that makes him feel protected. Mm-hmm. Whereas here it's just, to me, it's just another case of corporations taking advantage of people. You know, yeah, like, of course. And yeah. Like I don't, I don't know that necessarily the corporations are achieving this effect on purpose, but this is a ripple effect of something that they're doing that whether or not it's disingenuous is helping someone. Yeah. So that's yeah, interesting. That's, yeah. I'm glad it's helping somebody. It makes I mean, me think of the timeline of corporate pride. So when we look at um, what I want to say maybe five years ago when Target did their first line of pride wear for people, they had mm-hmm. a few shirts and they were only available online. And I remember the backlash being, well, why is it only available online? Why aren't you putting it in stores for people to have access to? Is it because you're ashamed? Right. You know? And that was our response. It was like, we didn't have enough. Then the next year they had it in stores and then a couple of other stores did too. And then I remember feeling seen right personally, mm-hmm. yeah. but I wasn't thinking bigger. I wasn't thinking about corporations at that point. And then of course, every year, year after year, more and more corporations jump on. You've got an advertisement with Oreos colored like the rainbow. And it's like, well, what am I looking at? But I think in general, 
the visibility of it has pushed us forward. And yeah, we have to think critically about um, people cashing in on our culture mm-hmm. and um, exploiting queer culture for profit, um, which is very real. Well, there's also the aspect too of like, you know, Nay Nay's brought it up with not just this subject, but other things of like, there's like a, like hopping on the bandwagon, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you're, it's, you know, it's kind of shitty and you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a tough thing to think about. Cause it's just like, you feel seen, but then you wonder, okay, everyone else did the work for you. And now you're joining the party. Cause it's easy. You know, I mean, it, it's better than them. Not it's true, but yeah, it's, it's so complicated. And it's very complicated, but his perspective is like, well, blew my mind. Yeah. I'm going to throw something out there. I mean, do like, please do. I'm working on a documentary about queer horror. Yeah. Um, that's not a secret. Uh, Good. But I will say that uh, in the past, meetings have gone really differently than once we made the announcement. Because, yeah, part of the documentary is where is it um, that we can find, as we discover here in going week after week and in, in diving into queer horror, it's not always ex- as explicit or as intentional as we'd like. Doing something like that in a bigger, more visible way does put pressure on people to start greenlighting projects that are more queer. And every day I'm hearing, and our conversation in general, just Twitter sphere and uh, all of the queer podcasts out there. We have a ton of queer horror podcasts. Yeah, there really is. I feel like there's even more than when we started just a year ago. It's just growing. And, and, And my point is only that, yes, it is not great to know that maybe a company that would have said no to something before is now greenlighting a project maybe because because of the pressure or for the or wrong they reasons. They see the but profitability. The f- exactly. Stuff, yeah. They see but, that there's a market, but the fact is it's happening and, they're still and doing that it. change is happening. Right. And, and I'm glad to be a part of that change and benefit from it. And maybe this is a really negative way to look at the world, but I think it's probably realistic. I feel like we can always assume that a corporation is going to be doing something for the wrong reasons, well, but at least it's the right thing in certain in this well, case. And you can look at it like anywhere, any, any other way. It's like, you know, a genre of film, like, Studios make horror movies now and they didn't before because Mm -hmm. they wait for somebody else to kind of open that door Mm -hmm. and then they go, okay, I'm going to walk through it too. You know? So like, that's just a really basic example to me, but it Mm -hmm. is just like anything else. And there is a risk with doing anything that is corporate backed. Yeah. You know? And at the end of the day, like the main thing is to make profit. Um, so it's it's a really interesting topic, and you bringing up your documentary and the doors that open. It's like that's nothing but a good thing. At the end of the day, whether the intentions are pure or not, because there's more doors I for agree. you to walk through, yeah. for us to walk through. So, yeah, I don't know. I I just I think this really opened my eyes to. I mean, obviously, there are multiple sides to any issue that you're discussing, but I think it's so important to think globally about it yeah, and to really like, this is a perspective that if not for this person writing, I literally would and could never have considered because this is not something Same. I know anything about. Well, yeah, it makes me think about that episode. I think it was just Nay and I, where I was talking about how the pride parade was going on in my street. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know, every group of people I saw was like some sort of corporate big corporation. It wasn't anything local. But at the same time, it's like, it's pretty cool to see a Wells Fargo logo on a pride t-shirt because, you know, who the fuck would have thought that would have happened one day? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, that does mean something, whether or not they're like trying to get more people to go to their bank. The yeah. fact that they still put their logo on a shirt has impact. I was teaching at a summer camp at a pretty reputable 
you know, college where uh, eight, maybe eight years ago, I wasn't out there, even though I'm obviously gay <laughs> um, and everybody knows. And, and I was, I mean, I wore, there was a huge controversy the day I wore a pride tank top to that, uh, to in front of the students because they have a rule about quote, a hint of impropriety. There can't be a hint of impropriety. Um, and what does that mean? And what is impropriety? And you spin it out. And I, all I'm saying is it wasn't that long ago. A lot of us couldn't be out at work Yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> and now we have these places uh, taking a stand for whatever reason, but that visibility does allow people to be out at work. And I'm still part of a generation that wasn't always out at work. So yeah. it's, it's nice to see that. Yeah. And I think it's just hard a little bit too, knowing like YouTube put splashes, a, a, a rainbow logo on their Twitter AV. And you know, at the same time, they're like totally shitty to like their queer <sighs> yes. influencers and stuff. So like, those are the kind of things I think I mean when I talk about the corporation yes. of anything. Oh yeah, of course. This, when this he is, brings it up, so I'm not like, a really glad positive yeah, thing. And I'm really glad you read that because it's, I'm going to stew on this because it's making me think. Can I share kind of a cool story about something that happened recently with Pride? Sure. Yeah. Um, I was meeting with somebody who had uh, an executive who was talking about a Pride logo and he wanted to do a Pride logo for his horror company. And somebody that he worked with said, no, we can't do that. We haven't earned it. And he's like, well, we have queer people working here. And she's like, but we don't make queer content. And now they want to make that change. And it's like, that's cool. Like thinking about, I mean, even just hearing that story from like a, a straight person, I know that that conversation's out there. It's like, what does it mean to earn this logo? Mm-hmm. It's more than just a Photoshop. It's like, what are we doing here to say, like, why, why is that? Yeah. And I don't think everybody's having that conversation, but it's nice to hear that it's happening well, somewhere. Well, you know, and I'm going to like, in the last two weeks, I've had two meetings with companies about queer whore specifically mm. about queer whore mm-hmm. where a year ago, I mean, I probably wasn't in a place to be the person they would want to talk to about it. Like just as far as where my career stands, but at the same time, like that's something I, a year ago you would have asked me that I wouldn't, been, I would have been like, that would be cool. I don't know if it'll happen, but it was like literally conversations to discuss queer whore, mm-hmm. like specifically and like what they, we can do. Yes. And I'm just like, that's fucking cool. You know Things what I are mean? are changing really fast. In a meeting for 90 minutes yesterday discussing queer horror. And it was awesome. It was really awesome. Like, yeah. It's like it is happening. Mm-hmm. Maybe slowly, but it's happening. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Yeah. I just, yeah, I wanted to share that. I, I love just, it. Thank you. Yeah. You're, you're what was so his name again? Welcome. His name was Glenn. Glenn, Glenn, and thank you, Glenn. Yeah, thank you so much for reaching out, and yeah. thank you to everybody who reaches out to the show. I I don't always share everything that people send. I just try to share the like the really salient ones. But we really appreciate every right, single it's person like who amazing that like it's just crazy like hearing Glenn's in Poland listening to this shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So thank you, Glenn. It's like so, and everybody. Yeah, we'll we'll look at our Poland numbers and be like <laughs> one. <laughs> Hey. Um, speaking of which, that new Facebook group that yes. we are it's, we are supposed to tell women to yes. join. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, moderator Mama BJ Colangelo Love has BJ. started. Hi, She's iconic. You're going to see her this weekend. Right? I am. What? We're going oh, to Comic Con. Yeah. Is this the first time you've ever met her in person? Yes. Oh, she's the best. Get ready. Um, oh, man. Yeah. So BJ started this uh, group for Attack of the Queer Wolf. Check it out on Facebook. It's called Attack of the Queer Wolf Pack. Um, God, I love it. I know. I want, yeah, we want everyone in the world to join. We definitely need the numbers to grow. It's going to be so fun. It's already really fun, but it's like, you know, let's get more people in there. But also, if you're a woman, non binary, femme, please 
please join the conversation over on Facebook. <laughs> uh, like it is a very supportive group. Um, both BJ and I are moderating the group. So oh, any post has to go through us before it gets put on the page. It is a completely safe space to talk about queer stuff, to talk about horror, to talk about the show and how much you love, you know, producer Brennan or whatever. And but, I want to um, toot BJ Colangelo's horn because she does so many different things for so many different people, yes. shows, websites, and she works her fucking ass off. She yes. volunteered to do this. She did. You know, so nice. she does it for shockwaves. Like she is. And I believe there's a wrestling group. She does the same thing. For yeah. Her. She's like, global. She, she works out of, Cle- out of Cleveland, Ohio. I wish she lived here so much, but too. she's global. She does so many different things. She's so approachable. She's really fucking funny. She's got an amazing Twitter page. If you're not following her, you need to be following her. I like text her at least once a week. I was like, I wish you were in LA so you could come this week. Like I want her here so bad on an episode. Oh, and she, she will be. Yeah. Whenever it yeah. can physically happen. Yeah. I'm scared. She challenged me about the movie bit. She heard that episode and she said, she's going to come for me at the panel. Of <laughs> uh, and she will. And here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Friendly debate. Friendly yes, debate. I can't wait. Yeah. You, you built this trap for yourself. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> she's a filmmaker and she's got these great shorts and she's doing death Sember, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's one of the yeah. death Sember filmmakers. Yeah. So she's awesome. Check her out if you haven't already. Yes. And also attack of the queer wolf pack on Facebook. And you can talk to her there too. Um, yeah. So thank you to that. Thank you to everyone. Uh, Thanks for bringing that up, Sam. I completely forgot. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> um, but yeah, so because Nay called in sick. And we're saving our movie because we decided we needed Nay here for the movie yeah. we were supposed to discuss today. Yeah, exactly. Nay has to be in part of be part of that discussion. And we're not telling so, you what movie. You'll find out. You will find out. Yeah. Oh, also, um, if you're on the Facebook group, Attack of the Queer Wolf Pack, um, you might have already found out because there's some <laughs> was it there's on some it? like exclusive material that I'm sharing only with people on the page. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Um, so I, w- I should take mine down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a safe space, Sam. Um, but yeah, so since it's kind of a sausage party, um, we thought we would just like really lean in on the sausage element and talk about our favorite horror movie boy crushes. Um, and we're obviously going to have a follow up girl crushes episode at some point. Oh, good idea. But for now, uh, you know, let's get some of those sausages on the grill. Like, is there a really <laughs> formative one for either of you guys? I have two really formative. Okay. Um, Josh Brolin and Goonies. And I mean, I think I know I've discussed this before because we did the Lost Boys and Jason uh-huh. Patrick and Lost Boys. Like, oh, yeah. Teenage me being like Josh Brolin, I think I saw first and I was younger. I think I revealed on here, I'm like a late horror bloomer. I didn't really mm-hmm. get into horror until I was like 16 or 17. Me too. Um, but I remember watching Goonies as like a 16-year-old and just being like, why do I keep – like literally my <laughs> eyes would not get off Josh Brolin the entire movie. If he was in the corner of the screen, my eyes were focused on the corner of the screen. And it was just like – I remember thinking, A, not knowing at the time but knowing it now that I was like, he is so fucking cute – but also wanting to be like him. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I remember like thinking like, could I pull off like sweats with shorts on over it? Like, and this is <laughs> mid nineties. So I like, didn't dare do it. 
Um, he was really formative. And then Jason Patrick was super formative. And that was like 18, 19 year old me knowing I was gay, but still denying it. But mm-hmm. also being like, he's fucking hot. Like, I think he was the first person <clears throat> in a movie where I literally in my head was like, that dude's fucking hot, sexy, smoldering dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and like, they're both victorious in the end. Yes. You know what I mean? Michael likes a winner. I don't have a lot more to say. I don't have much to say about them. I want to say I love uh, Josh Brolin's uh, headband. headband. Yes. My God. And And his like little like kind of bangy hair and stuff. And when you were talking about formative uh, experience or we're talking about it in terms of Mm -hmm. that uh, when he pulls, I don't even know what it is, the workout thing. It's like the... Like the stretchy like, band, like things? the accordion. I remember like <laughs> asking for one for me Christmas too. because of that movie. Yeah, being like, "Where yeah. can I get me one of those?" Whatever he's doing, uh-huh. I'm, that's I need that. <laughs> I'll have what <laughs> he's like, having. Yeah, and just being like, "God, he's so strong." Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> he probably weighed like ninety pounds, which is fine. Um, but and then the cutoff shirt. I was actually him for Halloween when I was like twenty five. I feel like I. I identify with his style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you actually kind of do now. Yeah, I do. Yeah. But I went as a pet. We went as the Goonies for Halloween when I was like 25. And I, of course, oh, was like, I have to be Josh Brolin. have to see that. I have picture. to be Josh Brolin. Yeah. Oh my God. I got to find it. It was on my Facebook when I had a Facebook account. Mm-hmm. And it may be somewhere. <laughs> no idea. Love it. Yeah. So those two, especially for me. It I were- don't have anything else to say other than they were fat material. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Sam, what do you got? So uh, my list of who would actually like of horror boyfriends would be different than what was formative. I will share this. Jerry O'Connell in Scream 2 was the first time that I felt guilty really acknowledging like my attraction for somebody in a film. I remember oh. wanting to not be attracted to Jerry O'Connell. I mean, he the way <laughs> if you guys have seen Scream 2, I'm sure a few of you out there have. I think I've seen it. Yeah. I mean, it's I saw I bought it on VHS and I watched it. Hundreds of times. Yes. I watch it every day after school. Like it was just one of those things where it's it was a you're part really of the smart. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember uh, pausing in the VHS the moment when cafeteria he, scene. Actually, no, I love the cafeteria. Is it the moment scene? where he's tied up to the thing? It's when he's shirtless. Oh, shirtless. Thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's not even because of the tied up element. Um, it's just not him either. not wearing a shirt. Um, I mean, he's so that actually stood out for me because I remember thinking that's the first real shirtless man in the Scream series. Mm. Yeah, and, and really liking it, and, and his well, that, body that is there for gets, everybody. Yes. It gets really foamy too with them pouring beer all and over like him, literally cutting him with those knives, um, like cutting him with the knives. Yeah, and I think there's something about um, his setup hot. as a boyfriend that is very sweet. He sings to Sydney. She's damaged, which of course I identify with. And I love <laughs> this. I love the trust. Yeah, like the trust uh, con- confliction she has in her head the whole yes. movie with him. And so there's something about the way I connected with him that I felt really connected to him, both physically and just as a character. And that was also the repulsion. I was like, I cannot like <laughs> him because I don't – that would make me gay. As an adult, I appreciate his character even more because he actually listens to her mm. and, like, gives her her space, which makes him even sexier. Yeah. He's like, you got it. Like, let me know what you need. It's like kind of interesting that a character, especially that time in horror. Yeah. And also you know what I mean? a, a frat boy character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he's like a genuinely a good guy. That character yeah. actually. Yeah. He's not, uh, I don't, it's funny cause now it's, he's not at all my type, but like mm-hmm. at the time I was like, this is everything. Yeah. I actually was, I, I saw satanic panic 
Yeah. And he's in it. He is. And I actually like kind of was attracted to him in that. Oh, I was. Oh, yeah. He he has aged Um, superbly. He really has. I was on set with him on Satanic. I know you are. Let me tell you. And I heard he's a dream to work with. Not only is he a dream to work with, I was doing uh, like a lot of different jobs. And one of them in his scene, I was like trying to stand in. And he came up and he tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, no, you go ahead. I'll stand in. And for those of you who don't know, that's just like when we set up lights. And you can be standing there for like 20 minutes. I stood in on Chelsea's first movie one day for her. Nice. Yeah. And you it's, could stand there for a while. Yeah, Jerry is that guy. He wouldn't let anybody stand in for him. That's he cute. knew everybody's name on set. He would walk in and it didn't matter what your job was. You were the, you were the PA and he knew your first name and last name and That's asked you what you did that weekend. I've never been on set with somebody like him. So yeah, he's a dream. He's great. Aww. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. That's always so nice to hear. It makes me so happy because I hated him around the time he did Piranha for some reason. I think it's just because he was like doing a lot of sleazy characters then. And like yeah, that can definitely bleed into it. Yeah, and it bleeds into like their real life personality. Yeah. Um, but he's also kind of sexy in piranha because he's in a speedo like the whole movie. He's kind of sexy. Maybe we like Jerry O'Connell and none of us are really saying it. I mean, maybe we do. Yeah. Are we swiping we are. right? Yeah. Okay. Of course. Yeah. Group swipe. Yeah. And and it's <laughs> it's interesting that you brought up that that character is no longer your type. Cause a lot of my early crushes are not my type at all. Um just Generally, it was based on either he doesn't have a shirt on, so I'm seeing like something vulnerable and exposed and, and like, different, sexy when and different. You're young, you're seeing something different and new. Mm-hmm. Or anyone I perceived as gay, I was automatically like, I love him. He's great. Um, whether or not, like you know, before you kind of you know blossom into queer culture, you're, you're totally like, right. There's a lot of different ways to be gay and a lot of different shapes I, and sizes and whatnot. I didn't have a crush on Skeet Ulrich until he was in As Good as It Gets. Mm playing a gay character interesting yeah because that that'll definitely open a window yeah you're just like oh i never never allowed my mind to entertain that about him Uh because i just assumed billy straight boy although is he Uh (laughs) that's a conversation we'll be having later one of these days um but yeah that's a really good point that you bring that up thank you you're welcome um, did you have something you wanted to say? Something? Well, I would only add to it that a lot of my crushes were still more on the female side at that point. Like I really did have a crush on Amy Steele in Friday 13th part two. I, yeah. because she presented as this masculine, but beautiful, strong woman. Hmm. It was the same thing with, um, with Nev Campbell. I had a crush on her crush. I, I, was I really gonna... truly did. And I, and I, not only did I want it, but maybe it was that identity where I wanted to be her, but she was gorgeous and strong. Just going to say, we talked pre-show and I was like, I actually, I'm going to bring up a few women. And when we circled back, it was going to be her and Gail Weathers. <sighs> yep. Who I used to, I think when I was 16, 17, I had a crush and I'm doing air quotes for people uh-huh. who can't see this as an adult. I realized I didn't have a crush on them. I wanted to be them. Mm. I was attracted to their power, hmm. their perseverance, their toughness, their ability to be themselves, especially Gail. Like, and as a young gay child, I told myself it was a crush, but as an adult, I actually admired them. Does I that make that. sense? No, it does. Yeah, it actually like that. makes me kind of get well, emotional. Yeah, and when especially <laughs> when you're growing up, you don't know what a crush is at all, whether yeah. or not it's the sex or gender that you're attracted yeah. to. Um, just like kick-ass bitches. Like, I'm just like, fuck. Like, Courtney Cox, like she gets hail- heralded a lot in those films, but people don't call her like a final girl enough. She's a fucking final girl. Yes. Like, welcome to the conversation. Times, yeah, Weathers. Right? Seriously. She is a final girl just as much as Sydney. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Especially in two and three. She um, is 
I love into Gail's my favorite part. Gail yes. is peak well, Gail Weathers and Scream Tail. Agreed. Yes. And I would say I as along the lines of the admiration thing and and being a kid and having a crush, I do re- remember very and this is just for me and I know we're all all of our queer experiences all are different. different. Um I identify as queer. Uh I that has changed over time. For me like as a kid, do you guys remember the secret world of Alex Mack? Uh-huh. I was obsessed with Alex Mack. She wore a backwards cap and boys clothes. And I thought, and and I was in love with her. Right. And it was the same thing with Punky Brewster. It was any sort of, <laughs> she's trying to bring that back by the way. So Lame Moon Fry. Yeah. Yes. They're developing okay. a reboot. She should she also bring kids. back the later seasons of Sabrina. <laughs> oh my God. Good idea. But you know, there is a lot, there is the admiration thing in a lot of cases, like with Nev Campbell, where I see that now, but then I look back and some of my crushes were just people who could play with gender. I loved that. And I think that now as an adult, I see it differently looking back. Well, and I see like uh, as especially after doing the show with fabulous people, I like start realizing like like Nev Campbell's like my one friend always my friend Chelsea, not Chelsea that we know, a different Chelsea, always talks about how like Nev Campbell is like what she calls a handsome woman. <laughs> And like, there's something like masculine about Nev Campbell. And like, I realize as an adult too, and like doing this show and talking about gender and femininity and masculinity and like how those lines can be blurred. There is a part of me as an adult that is sexually attracted to Nev Campbell mm. because she has a more masculine presence in a way. Yes. But I'm also really attracted to like her feminine ballet movements that she does yes. too. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. Like I define I mean, as queer now. And I didn't two years ago, Mm. you know, like just Mm -hmm. learning more from people in our Mm -hmm. community. Yes. You know, so. Yes. That's really interesting. Um, I think, (laughs) yeah, sorry. No, um, I was, I was about to do the thing, um, from last week where I just started babbling about gender and it made no, absolutely no sense. Um, I thought you did too. I listened. Um, no, that's just something I'll dip on that really quick. That's something I find really interesting because I do, and I've said it on the show, I identify as a gay man. I identify as a Kinsey six gay man, but obviously <laughs> I, I don't, I no longer know what that means. And I'm still parsing that out because obviously I am attracted to men. That has mm-hmm. been clear to me. Yeah. Um, but like there is the conversation of like, obviously trans men are men. I'm attracted to trans men. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the idea of the broader spectrum of it starting to break down the barriers. And I feel so, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I don't feel like I'm cutting myself off from anything, but I want to make sure that I'm not. And yeah. it's a very challenging place to be. Huh. It's like, it, it's one of those things. It's like um, the breakdown of gender is something that we, all should aspire to and work for, but it's something that's going to change absolutely everything. It's going to explode everything that we understand about ourselves and about the people in our lives. Um, in the sense of like, it just, if you grow up in a world without gender, um, there, is it possible to be transgender? If there's nothing, there's no two poles to bounce from. Is it possible to be, gay or lesbian or queer or straight or anything. It's very, it's challenging. <laughs> and yeah. Hey, if anyone wants to talk about this, please DM me. Yeah, I have a up. lot of questions. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting. It's yeah. a fun world we live in. Um, well, I'm you just got to be open. Older, that fluidity is like for yeah. sure a thing. Yeah. Like, you just got to be yeah. open to listening and experiencing and 
doing whatever. Um, but yeah, that that's my whole that's my whole thing. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's fun. I think the breakdown of the gender binary is going to be a very good thing, but it's also very scary because we have all these little these little huts that we live in right now, um, and those are also going to blow away in that. And I think a lot of people are going to try to hold on real tight to that. And I'm trying not to be one of those people. Yeah, well, you're working on yourself and you're learning and growing. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway, which is a great thing. Yeah, um, that's my journey. So, um, any formatives for you? Yeah, Portia de Rossi. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Scream 2 connection. Well, and her eyebrows in it were incredible. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I love her specifically like from Arrested Development. That's the Portia de Rossi that I was first you know, initiated with. But that was my first celebrity crush and maybe the only spoken female celebrity crush. Is it I'd from had. Arrested Development specifically? Yeah, specifically. Okay. Um, I just love her. I, Scream 2. Oh, I just yeah. love that Scream 2 has touched us in so many ways. I mean, <laughs> it really has. The fucking line reading of, hi, Sydney. No, hi. I really mean that. Yeah, it's so <laughs> good. It's beautiful. Well, it's because – It's beautiful. It's the thing. I, I, I wouldn't say I was attracted to her for – I wouldn't say I recognized any queerness in her because, you know, obviously she's queer. Um, you know, she's married to Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that's anything that I recognized or anything about like masculinity versus femininity. I was just like, you're a beautiful person who I find very funny and charming. And that's I can, attractive. Yeah. And I can yeah. tell they have a tiny bit of an Australian accent. Um, <laughs> look, you know, her American accent is great, but just anytime she says the word anything, I'm like, I gotcha. <laughs> the trap has closed. <laughs> um, she's like, uh, I, I, I'll do anything, Michael. Um, but yeah, so Portia de Rossi, I've already talked on this show about my love of Sean Ashmore. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Michael Bean's shirtless scene in Terminator is responsible for me being a homosexual. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, speaking of Terminator, him and fucking Robert Patrick in T2, I'm always like, fucking stick your liquid metal in me. Oh, <sighs> yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah, okay. Like that could be he, hot. That could be cold. It can be like anything. his first appearance nude insane but that entire mm-hmm. movie it's so amazing how his performance is he's a robot yet somehow he oozes sexuality to me kind of in the same way david does in the guest mm-hmm. mm. and i'm like i mean it kind of is that that, <laughs> that kind of intense confidence of self oh yeah of that there's no reason to doubt what you are because what you are is very solidly defined yes and you're like i am I'm a machine. 2000 or whatever his name is. Um, Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But Michael Bain. Yeah. 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 When he's putting the pants on in the alley. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have just started that scene a little earlier. (laughs) (laughs) You want to see his bean pull. Uh Um, But also before I got into horror. Thank you. Fun. um, Sam is like blown away. I love it. From put your liquid metal in me. I want to see his beam pole. Like, guys, this is, this is doing it for me. Oh, happy we could be here for this moment. You're creating um, it, girl. a lot of fun today. But uh, one, of the, one of the very first horror movies that I saw was The Final Destination, which is Final Destination 4. Oh, in uh, Nick Zano. No, yeah. uh, Nick Zano or Bobby yeah, Campo. Both, both, my friend. They're both, yeah, they're both. They're like, both. Well, Nick Zano especially is shirtless 800% of the movie. Yeah. They both um, remind me of like Abercrombie bags. Yeah. No, and, and Bobby. <laughs> especially Bobby Campo. Bobby Campo is like completely responsible for my 
illicit love of baseball tees. Um, the sleeves. Uh huh. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a mess. Um, <laughs> you're wearing one right now. Oh, I am. Oh, <laughs> you, too. you are. I didn't get the memo. I'm sorry, Michael. Um, you are the weakest link. <laughs> um, but also I will say my official movie star boyfriend is Jay Hernandez, um, from hostile, from the bad mm. moms movies. Mm. He is He's cute. the one and only dreamboat. And I was wondering if either of you had like, you know, an official, you know, non horror or horror doesn't matter. I mean, horror is kind of the, the, the umbrella of this conversation, okay. but you can say, I, I will include him because I consider the, one of the movies he did a horror movie. Okay. It's Nightcrawler. Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Ooh, like, yeah. So I don't know if we mean my boyfriend really have hall passes, but like <laughs> Gyllenhaal passes. Gyllenhaal is like, you know, oh, that joke didn't, and he never time. like, I mean, it landed. Um, <laughs> he never, my boyfriend actually used to be like, he didn't get it in the beginning. Like why I had such a crush on Jake Gyllenhaal. And then he saw him and Reese Witherspoon. Remember when they dated, he no. saw them out to lunch and he was just like, Oh, so he got the real life. He saw Jake Gyllenhaal in person and was like, Holy shit. Like there is such a thing as a movie star. Like he's like, he's unreal looking. So yeah, he's like, and I think he's so fucking sexy. So fucking talented. And if you were going to pick one era of Gyllenhaal, mm-hmm. it's tough because Young Gyllenhaal's cute and was kind of dorky. Right. But I think like modern Gyllenhaal so is sexy. just so fucking sexy and that big hairy chest and Same the beard and the hair and his acting. And he seems so nice. All of he it. does, you know, but it also seems like he'd fucking throw you up against a wall. He absolutely would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, Without a doubt. Uh, what's the boxing movie he did? The f- where he's oh, kind of playing oh, oh. trash. Oh god! And I'm like fucking punching in the face. Yeah, awesome movie by the way. Mm-hmm. He's great in that movie. But I'm just like, and that is like not normally my type anymore. Where <laughs> he's like s- completely waxed. Not always. And like, yeah. but uh, it's Gyllenhaal and like freaking prisoners. Like he's just so good. Even Nightcrawler, I was sexually attracted to him. Oh, I was. Yeah. But I have this thing for like men who can't feel. <laughs> but it was also like kind of creepy looking in that movie. And I was just like, I remember saying it to my roommate at the time being like, holy shit, he can get it. And she was like, you're gross. And I'm like, <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> Prefer bad moms or uh hostile. Jay Hernandez. Mm-hmm. I would go like, bad moms personally. You say to him in these movies? Well, no, no, just like the uh, the era of that oh. person that you're crushing on. Oh yeah, yeah, no, definitely current bad moms. I'm definitely era. all about well, like the more mature. Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, bad moms positions him as the perfect boyfriend. Bad moms is a it's fucking accurate. funny movie, by the way. Agreed. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, and I will. The one of the things that I love um, in male romantic lead actors are when um they are in douches well yeah when they're not douches but also (laughs) when they are the romantic uh love interest in a female-led movie and they're willing to step back no they're willing to play the role that women have played in romance movies forever (laughs) yes where they're gonna wait for the main character to finish her arc and like win him and he can present himself to her at the end. And he just patiently waits. He has no life without her. Um, like when she's off, yeah, like when he's off screen, he's like almost obsessing about, yeah, her. he's just like scrolling through Man her job. Instagram yeah, like and like baking her cookies. Um, 
<laughs> I would say another person who does this very well is Jake Lacey. Um, he is he's a super bland white dude. You might you've, was you've he seen on a sitcom probably five or six years ago that I really liked with Joanna Garcia, possibly. I don't know. It was on ABC. But he was in A Christmas Inheritance. He was in uh, in How to Be Single. Uh, Yep. Um, Pointing at Sam because I know you love that movie. I love that movie. Um, Also, and his performance in How to Be Single, stellar. Yeah. He's Inheritance. But Well, that movie's fun. Um, No, no, it is. But I just mean he does something. In, yeah. uh, in How to Be Single that is just... Oof. I need to figure out... He's also... He plays that character in Obvious Child also. Oh, oh that's... Um, yeah, he does. He does. Yeah, so that that appeals to me that an actor is willing to, like, swallow the ego and play that role and, like, let women do their thing. Um, and I do love when they swallow. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on a TV show called Better With You that I loved. That oh, was on, like, nine okay. years ago, and it was him and Joanna Garcia and Kurt Fuller... And Je- Deborah Jo Rupp from that 70s show. It was actually a really funny show. You mean Deborah Jo Rupp from Friends? Yes. Okay. Phoebe's, step, uh, Phoebe's sister. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which she got the role on that 70s show because of her role on Friends. That's great. Yep. That makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would also like to add to that is that he can spit if he wants. I don't really care what he does with it. <laughs> I mean, hey, to each his own. I don't yuck anybody's yum. Yeah. So um, I would like to share uh, uh, my boyfriend. Okay, do it. Yes. <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night. Set the scene. Billy. Uh-huh. Um, Billy. Yeah, Billy. Uh, it's Robert Brian Wilson. So uh, do you guys, have you seen this or do you know who I'm talking about? Because I yeah. made a collage for you. Yeah. He's so sexy. just in case we need a visual, Ernie, get it, get a good look. Can you yeah, send this to me? So absolutely. Yeah. Um, I your phone. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, is he's sexy. Here's the thing about him. He's he kind of looks like he could be Michael Bean's brother. I included this picture of him holding milk, like a little carton of milk, because <laughs> I feel like that really embodies everything about him. See, he's got like these great arms, but like such a he's just got this these this these eyes of wonder. Devilish grin. But um this thing this thing that happens, and I actually like I tried to find it on YouTube and I realized I couldn't. So um uh I could only find it on Pornhub. Um and it's actually just this clip. Do you guys remember when they're like he's laying there with his girlfriend? And it starts like the camera starts from the bottom, like where their feet kind of are. Don't have yeah. Pornhub, um, yeah, because it's so, a feet. Because I guess, well, no, because <laughs> it's an interesting choice from the director because it starts on the feet, right? But then look, that's his hairy butt. That's the next oh, thing yeah. in the shot. It's his hairy, <laughs> butt. His hairy butt. I cry. love it. And this is in the eighties. We didn't get you see that, Ernie. It's hairy butt. <laughs> um, and you know, it, I don't know. I just we like, didn't get a lot of male nudity. Yeah, we didn't get a lot of male yeah. nudity. I feel like the camera sexualizes him in a way we don't see in other slasher mm-hmm. films at that time. It's really it's really interesting. And I think that um, it adds to the sex appeal of the killer of this film uh-huh. in a way that makes us actually feel for him. Like when, by the time he goes on his killing spree, it's kind of heartbreaking. It's like, he has been really wronged by a lot of the I mean, situations his he's in. life. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you just see this flash of everything he could be or could have. And he doesn't. And so for me, um, Billy Chapman, that's my <laughs> boyfriend. Oh. Um, I love him. And I would love to kind of expand the conversation out to like, what are the the evil killer men that you're watching the movie and you're like, you know what? You could take that knife. You could Brienne of Tarth me in a second. Oh, interesting. Um, I would like to throw one out. And I will say, this I mean, is... I got one. Spoiler blanket. Um, if you don't want to know spoilers for the movie, The Boy. Skip ahead like a minute and a half. <laughs> 
Um, it's starting now. Okay, so in the end of the boy, uh, it turns out that Brahms, a child, is actually not dead. He's been living in the walls the whole time. It's Jared Kushner. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Doesn't Brahms look like Jared Kushner? I mean, honestly. Ex- oh, oh, the, oh, the, the, doll. <laughs> the doll. Yeah. No, but um, the, wow. the, the, the wall Brahms is played by James Russell, and he's just this, like, sweaty, like, hairy, barrel-chested, like, evil killer man. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I'm no longer scared of this movie. <laughs> like, I'm fully 100% invested in you, you know, calling me up. So, I have two I can think of off okay. the top of my head. Mads, Mickelson, and Hannibal. Uh-huh. And then Tony Todd in Candyman. Ooh. He's like so sexy in that movie. Yeah. And like his story again, kind of like Billy is, I mean, not similar stories, but it's just, well, he went through so much. And that yes. movie's all about seduction. Yes. And he's so sexy in that movie. And she's really sexy in that movie too. But you feel, I watched that movie for the first time again last year. I actually went to a screening of it and the director was there and it was really great to actually listen to him talk about the movie, Bernard Rose. Mm. Um, but it was nice to view the film as like a sort of mature adult and realize yes. like what an arc Candyman has yeah, in that movie and like how good Tony Todd is in that movie as an actor. Yeah. And he's like sexy and hot he and you feel, sexy you feel and for hot. him and you're like, <laughs> yes, you know, Brianna of Tarth me. And I'd say also in the sequel, that was what did mm-hmm. it for me. The second, uh, was it Farewell to the Flesh yes. that had all the flashbacks? Yeah. And it's As a, a new kid, Orleans. I saw it and I was like, yeah. oh. oh. Oh, you're talking about the, the like sex scene flashback? Uh, yes. Is that the third um, one? That's Candyman 3 Day of the Dead because he produced Dead. that yes. one. And that's so I was like, one. oh, really? You gave yourself the sex scene in that this one? That was my first Candyman. <laughs> and I so I was into it. Love Candyman 3. Yeah. One of my crushes never seen is actually three. from Candyman 3. Mm. Um, Donna Dierico? What? <laughs> That's the lead in Candyman 3. No. Um, it's uh, Jesus Garcia, who was in Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. He was, he oh, was yeah. Rob. Uh, I had a crush on him in Nightmare. Oh, his like, uh, his curly hair and his like bad boy attitude. I actually had more of a but, crush on him than Johnny Depp the first time I saw Nightmare. Yeah, because. Agreed. Mm, yeah. It was I, the same. Yeah. Except like, for the crop top moment. Well, yeah. But yes. No, that moment's very special. But, but as a character. Yeah. So this is my cheating way out because I had, because my last character was the villain. This is, um, this crush is a villain. You don't realize he's a villain until later in Kaboom. And then in my Super Psycho Sweet 16, you spend the entire movie thinking he's the villain, but he's actually not. Um, Chris Zilka, I've made a clause oh, for yeah. you. I know this Chris Zilka. <laughs> what yeah, else has he get, been in? I he know reminds him. me of like, what's that other guy's name is, that looks like him? He's just like one of those like, perfect looking humans by the standards. Alan Richson kind of there's like a group of those guys from the mid 2000s that all kind of look the same. Yes. Like blonde models. They yes. all were models. I think they were all Abercrombie models. And I will throw out a couple things about Chris that I think are really interesting um, because there are only a couple but uh, <laughs> he dated Paris Hilton until recently. Um, oh, they wow. He proposed and then they broke up. I'll also add that he dated Lucy Hale for a while from Pretty Little Liars uh-huh. and he had an art Instagram Scream where for Lucy. Scream for guys, Lucy, yeah. you could see his art and it was anyways it was art and then uh, <laughs> and last I, he was supposed to he had a role in season two of American Horror Story as like the most beautiful man in the world or something but he refused to cut his hair for it and so they just wrote the character out of the show oh my god what a dumbass I just whoever I'm what do you mean he's him. like shaved head in most in that, of the time yeah I know day. I know who That's knows crazy. but I will say my super psycho sweet 16 if you have not seen the series 
I he's I think, in those. Yes, and well, I mean, in one of them, he's mainly a Skype call, but it's still he's <laughs> in all of them. They are so fucking wonderful. I actually heard the first one's like really good. It is genuinely good. It's a good movie. I'm, it is, and it and it's knowing camp. It's, right. It knows what it is. Well, Each yeah, one knows what they are. Their own franchise. And I would say, um, I had a very scream two reaction to my Super Psycho Suite sixteen two, where I was like, <laughs> I don't know how awful. they're going to do this, and they do. So, friends, if you can, if you have there's access, three of them. There's three of them. I definitely recommend one and two. Three is kind of like if you're on board at that point, just watch it. Yeah, it's yeah like of course. Scream three of it's my the, Super Psycho. The theory 16. of Slumber Party Massacre three. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like. You, you can't not. You're already almost there. And Michael, I think specifically, I think you would like these movies. Okay. I really do. Okay. Check them out. Yeah, that's one that I've missed too, which I regret. Yeah, I just, well, they were TV movies before they made started making really good TV movies again. I would, you know what I mean? Yes. So it didn't register to me as anything mm-hmm. but like a cash tie-in movie for MTV. Mm-hmm. I would like to pivot to a question. Have you okay. guys heard of Lucian Laviscount? Yes, from the Bye Bye Man and Scream Queens. He, yes, yes, he's Earl Grey and Scream Queens. Mm-hmm. Um, I made a collage. Oh, you, uh, so did you this make is, them like for did, this conversation? Oh, damn. Or was it because I didn't these? know who would know what? No, I made them for this. Okay. And I also um, love, But he is just so gorgeous. In, in the Bye Bye Man, if, have you seen the Bye Bye Man? I haven't seen the Have Bye you Bye seen it? I, yes, I have. Guys, if you watch this movie, all it is is watching a girl make the wrong decision. Obviously, <laughs> she should be with him. Yeah. Why is she with this boring white dude lead? What? This guy is smoking hot and funny and smart. Let me say, though, <laughs> it, it's not the most wrong decision about the Bye Bye Man, but it's one of them. <laughs> You're right. Fair. You know who I used to have a cr- I had crushes on, too, were technically bad guys. Okay. Where Nico Tortorella and Aiden oh. Canto and the following. Yeah. Especially oh. their relationship in the first season. I haven't seen the following, but I know <sighs> Nico is everything. Yes. And in there, they play two gay men. Stop it. Well, they play oh. two bisexual men. I, I need to watch. Um, and their sex scenes are really. Oh, my God. Mm, All right. Yeah. I love it. Oh, sorry. Um, this is this is definitely an episode where it's like you just kind of need to take a break a little bit. <laughs> like a little breather. Um, <laughs> I also I wanted to kind of point to another ensemble. Um, basically the the Bird Box ensemble. We get some Travante Rhodes from mm-hmm. Moonlight, mm-hmm. who is the biggest man. Um, <laughs> we get some BD Wong, who I did not. I've know. had a crush on BD Wong for a really long time. Yeah. I first somehow guilty. He's cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't get I it until SVU. <laughs> he, he got the, he has like the current haircut that he has. That's where it clicked for me. And I was like, Oh, okay. I, actually I was not ready. Big crush on him in Jurassic world. Cause I was kind of, obsessed with the fact that like the lone gay actor in the movie was kind of the villain. And mm. I kind of loved that. And also it's just like, okay, BD Wong's the bad guy here. Let's, let's go right. with it. Yeah. yeah. We love a treacherous gay. Uh, it's <laughs> really funny. Um, I love that. Like it's, it's like, this is so on the surface. <laughs> They were kind of getting no, deep, but I don't know. I it's mean, crushes. We, listen, we can talk about gender and, and the ways that we express ourselves in that, and we did. And now it's time to, to get just, superficial yeah, and yeah, it, bust out the collages because just, it's important. Yeah, yeah it's it's just, like sometimes it's okay to just. Sometimes you'd have a frothy chew on candy. Yeah, yeah. I need a little bit of both, My which God, is why I'm really excited about cats. And I'm actually really disgusted. Okay. We talked about this because I haven't thought of Aiden Canto in a really long time. Yeah, isn't it nice to kind of yeah, um, just scroll through the saved pictures in that secret file on your computer? And yeah, be like, I'll be going. Back oh, those to guys that later. Yeah, mm. and he was like a model, singer, actor. 
she's from Mexico. He's, yeah, he's and he's a really good actor in the first season of the following. The following was really good in the first season. I gotta check it out. Yeah. It was Kevin's original, Kevin Williamson's original idea for Scream 3. Oh, wow. Oh, whoa. Knowing that makes me really want to watch. I've only ever seen the pilot. So. Yeah, he kind of explained that his initial idea for Scream 3 was like a cult of killers that kind of like fuck with Sydney. That's the T. But all like teenagers. Oh my God, I love oh it. God, so that's... I think that's where he got Emma Roberts in Scream 4. Ugh. Wow. Living. Uh-huh. Oh my God. Yeah. Um. It's only revealed that once in an article. I can't remember. It was I read it a long time ago. Yeah. I think it was when the following was first coming out. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, I've been one more name I wanted to throw out. Um, prepare for like a full minute long pause, but Winston Duke in Us. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that I scene oh, of like him in the like the little short shorts uh-huh, in bed. Uh-huh. Just yeah, yeah. that was cute. Uh, that was really cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I liked when he had the baseball bat too. And he's a good dad. Mm-hmm. I just good. Oh my god. Movie. Speaking of, I'm not the person who's attracted to providers because they are providers because i think that's kind of like a sexist kind of outdated thing to yeah, think when, of someone or like when way. someone's like wow you you're with your kid you're a good dad and it's kind of like mm. but oh no, you're doing the be, bare minimum yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i don't find um, that yeah i'm not like although i am attracted to like I, when i see like a hot dad pushing a stroller look <laughs> hot, hot dads are hot <laughs> yeah um and also someone who's responsible is hot, but in yes. the sense, I, I, it's just the sense of like, Oh, he can take care of me. That's not something that appeals to me. Right. Cause like we all need to be able to take care of ourselves for the most part and then move on, find someone else to take care of the butt. Um, <laughs> but my provider crush is, uh, it's a deep cut. It's from night of the comet. Oh, um, wow. the guy Hector, who ends up being the kind of love interest for, uh, Catherine Rose Stewart. Is that her name? Uh, she has three, Catherine Mary Stewart. Um, he's the one, he's a, I think a delivery truck driver and he slept in the bed of his truck and that's what protected him from the comet and being dusted. Oh, God. Uh, I have to he, get up a Pornhub so I can Google this. <laughs> I'm sure it's on there somewhere. Um, played by Robert Beltran. Yeah. Yeah. Robert yeah. Beltran. It's just he's he's one of those people where it's like you are gentle and nice and I could see myself like you know falling in love and doing the whole like white picket fence thing with you. Aww, I get that. Brennan. Yeah. Aww. Brennan, you have a heart of gold. <laughs> Thank you. Um so I like douchebags. <laughs> okay, throw <laughs> some at us. And I will just show this last one. This is my last um collage because it, it's John Turle- <laughs> it's John Turleski. Um it's kind of a deep cut because you brought up a deep oh. cut. Uh, chopping mall. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I bring. He is just the most. He has so much charisma, and he's like what you would think to be boring jock, like totally forgettable, giant jaw, great bod. But then he does these weird things where he like chew. He does delivers all of his lines with gu- his mouth open, chewing gum, and I'm like. I'm so into you. I don't know. He just does everything wrong and it's so sexy. I just, I want him to just be, I want to bring him around my friends and have them be like, he's not smart enough for you, Sam. I want to like, I want to lay in bed with him and have him not understand my jokes. Like, do you know what I mean? Is that? I feel like we could go on. Cause I just thought of like two more. I remember being attracted to John Leguizamo and, and Adrian Brody and son of Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm just like we, thinking of We should names. do some rapid fire. Oh. I've got 
Uh, Elon Noel from the first Purge slash also he's from Insecure because Issa Rae casts the hottest men on the planet. Which one was he in the first Purge? Oh, the first the, the, Purge. Yeah, the fourth yes. Purge, the fourth aka purge. the first Purge. Yeah, sexy he was the yeah. yeah. First of all, that's yeah. my favorite Purge. It's I know that's my controversial. Favorite pur- it's no, my, oh really? It's controversial. Oh my I god, I think that's a lot of people's favorite one. Yeah, it's I, great. It's a great movie, but I think I'm biased against any movie that has a strobe light climax because I can't really watch it because I have a photosensitivity. Yeah. So suck. Yeah. yeah. Um, I yeah. would rate that series four, two, three, one. Yeah. Two is my favorite. So I'm with you there. Are you again, like linking oh on God, the- Michael? <laughs> I, we, have the, we have the same order. And three and one could flip. I feel the day. same way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I actually do kind of enjoy one for what it yeah, is. Yes, for yeah. what it is. Mm. And speaking of Frank Grillo, <gasps> uh, and also, well, sorry. No, he lives like, in the Dylan McDermott camp where when you look up his chairs. age, you're like, this is witchcraft. Yeah, Dylan McDermott, when I yeah. found out, I saw, I went to the Scream Awards like nine years ago when those used, used to be a thing on Spike TV. Okay. And Dylan McDermott presented. And then, oh, of course, he, like, he left right after, because I think it was right around the first season of American Horror Story. Uh huh. And he left right after my boyfriend at the time and I, I, he only got tickets because I was, because of, they were the Scream Awards and like uh-huh. one of his clients mm. gave them to him and he's like, we should go. And if, like, even me, like an hour into, I'm like, we need to get the hell out of here. <laughs> like, what is even <laughs> happening here? We ended up leaving at this, walking down the bleachers at the same time Dylan McDermott was walking up okay. from the first section and we met. And another, this was an instance for me where I was like, holy fucking shit, how is that a real person? Like, insanely good looking. That's so special. I'm so and glad you had that. skin is like, oof. But yeah, him and Frank Grillo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Frank Grillo is gorgeous. He has a really hunky son. Can't believe I just said that, but he does. <laughs> well, I mean, his son's probably in his 20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Um, I mean, Frank Grillo's like 55. Okay. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he is. Yeah. Oh, also, um, Ken Forey in From Beyond, he wears the tiniest underwear to sleep. And then he, the, literally the scene that reveals this is about a flooded basement and he gets very wet and you can see everything. <laughs> I love this. Who's Frank Grillo's son? Oh, I'm I'll tell you after. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, sure. But I met him here at Blumhouse. <laughs> what? So okay. that's why I'm like, so, um, yeah, whatever. Yeah, he, he's still here. Yeah, so he's in this room right now. Uh-oh. Hey, hey, how's it going? <laughs> Michael, can I see the pictures? Wait, it's not. I thought it was actually ended up being somebody from his TV show. Was it just more pictures of Frank Grillo? <laughs> it was someone from his TV show okay. that he did um, a few years ago where they were like MMA fighters or something. Oh, The Kingdom with yeah. Nick Jonas? And they were all, that whole cast was insanely good yeah. looking. Um. So I have a question oh, for shoot. you. Yeah, we, we need to wrap up. By the oh, way. Then, but yeah, sure. No, but, but question. Say, yeah, is there it. anybody on your, is there anybody surprising? Somebody that you didn't expect to be like, that's it. And then over the years, as we watch these things again and again, they're the one that you're like, yeah, I want, I want, I, I take him to bed. I mean, I used to have a crush on Desmond Harrington after seeing Wrong Turn. Oh, yeah. That's a really good uh, one. Yeah. I have a really weird one, but I need to pull up a picture first because you guys are not going to know Duke, who this Analyza is. Analyze the douche girl. Huge on her. I'm, God damn it, Michael. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> like, same. I loved her in Wrong Turn. Yeah. Like, also in Buffy. Just yeah. like she just is everything. And in Bring It On and, and, all and of it. Life. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> um, as a person who went through recovery and 
getting sober and stuff. I really like, I actually really identify with Eliza Dushku of all people mm. after hearing about her struggles and stuff. I haven't heard. Yeah. So she has a good story. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately a lot of it, a lot of her issues stemmed from the fact that she was harassed and had a lot of bad shit happen to her in oh, this God. industry. Mm. So, which is why it's like even more unfortunate that, you know, everyone's story, everyone that's been through it, it's unfortunate, but even more unfortunate that she ended up going through it again after getting sober mm. and trying to like bring her career back. And like the first thing she does is have to fucking leave a show because of the fucking star of it's an asshole. And yeah. You read about that, right? I did. Yeah. yeah that yeah. I read. She's a strong person. Mm. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, yeah. That's important. The whole cast of Wrong Turn, actually. Jeremy Sisto, Emmanuel Sharik. Oh, Shariq. my God. Jeremy Sisto. Yeah. Like, because he was in Clueless uh-huh. as Elton. Who, yes, 35-year-old Elton. Yes. Yeah. But then. Ty. Why would I go out with Ty? <laughs> but anyway, then he like, becomes ultimate dad <laughs> in the other side of the door. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. It's great. Yeah. I like Jeremy mm. Sisto as an actor. Did you find your eye? I did. Um, his, it, it's he's from the movie Amsterdam from 1987. Um, he's the lead character. Seriously, his, just fucking watch that. Really? Yeah. He's the lead Who's character. On? His name's a uh, Hoob Stoppel. Uh huh. Um, he's and, like the cop, right? Yeah, he's the cop guy. Yeah. I don't know kind why of specifically, yeah. but he's just got this kind of vibe to him. Oh, I see. It's like it. European, yeah. like yeah. yeah, like. I have I mentioned this on the show before that like, I know we all love Shutter. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm obsessed with like flipping on the Shutter app and always finding something on their stream. Like, I don't even have to look through their app yes. all the time anymore. Like, I'll find them. They'll be playing. Like, there's like Slashix. It came from yes. Shutter, mm-hmm. and then usually a third option. And usually Just one of those three. I'm like, I want to watch this movie. It's like the someone printed. Someone wrote an article today about the death of like watching the accidental cable movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys saw that. No. Or how like when the I remember loving this back in college, especially on like a Saturday afternoon, flipping through the channels, and then like something like Turner and Hooch would be on USA, and then you just stop and watch it, or like T2 would be on and be halfway through, and you just start watching the rest of the movie, and how that art is kind of dying because not a lot of people have cable anymore, and I immediately thought of shutter stream and how like that's kind of like a modern version of that yes because like of course you can go away from that stream and go and find stuff on their app but, but i really love that they do that and no other app does that because it's like kind of that like what am i gonna get and like lately almost every time i fucking go to it i'm like in for like whatever's playing the uh, last saturday in virginia i flipped it on in my phone when i was there for a wedding and like Fucking Leslie Vernon was on, the, uh-huh. and I like watched the entire movie. That movie's so good. It's so good. So and since we're on the topic of Shutter and we're wrapping up, I will just say the Quiet Room comes to Shutter because if this airs on a Thursday. It'll be on Shutter on that Monday. So yes. you guys, if you're listening and you have Shutter, the reason why I'm saying it is because it actually has it's uncut on that one, and it's the original aspect ratio, and there's no ads, Ooh, okay. so you guys can see it like oh, in its great. full glory on Shutter. Where right now it's on Crypt TV through YouTube, and there are ads, and it's you know, fit for YouTube. And we're talking about like horror movie boyfriends and Jamal Douglas oh, in yeah. the quiet room is a, not only an incredible actor, but a gorgeous specimen of a human being. Love it. Um, but yeah. And a heart. Of yeah. Your, your whole cast, Kate Williamson, Chris Salvatore, just everyone. There's a lot of thirst traps. Somebody, one of the comments I saw were like, why are there so many hot people in this psych ward? And it's like, yeah, girl, I know, right? <laughs> um, and it's like a psych ward in the back of the hall, a back of a Hollister. <laughs> 
<laughs> and where can everybody find you on the internet, Sam? At Sam Weinman on Instagram and Twitter. Michael? Um, I am on Twitter at Michael Ken Ken. And I also want to say that if things work out next week, we may have Let's, let, surprise people yeah. here. I hope it works out. And yeah, speaking of next week, surprise, I will not be here next week. Yeah. So just be warned. I'm very sad about that. We will miss but you. I will say when I return, I think I will have glad tidings of a new marathon to follow. Oh, great. The La Llorona Marathon. Awesome. Um, yeah, I, I, gotta, I, I kind of missed that. So I'm glad you're starting another one. Yeah, I... Uh, I'm 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 testing the waters. We'll see. Um, but yeah, also you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Queer Wolf Pod. Join the Attack of the Queer Wolf Pack on Facebook. Um, you can find me on Twitter at It's Raining Brands. Check out my monthly article on Dread Central. This month I wrote oh, cool. about how Midsummer is an indictment of American isolationism. Ooh, um, we forgot to bring that up, but I'll mention it next week when Nay's back. Yeah, oh yeah, that'll yeah. be that'll be fun. I yeah. can't wait to listen to that. Yeah, it not be in the room. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, it's actually kind of fun. Like today, it was actually really like I hated is. not being here because I uh-huh. really loved Keith's appearance. Yeah, but I like loved listening to it like a listener, like a civilian. Yeah, yeah. like it was kind of cool. And it, I, oh, that that was really neat. The the one that you recorded when I was in Hawaii, where it was like this is. A new episode of Queer Wolf that I've never heard before. This yeah, it's kind of me. fun, right? Like, yeah. it sucks not being there. But we're at doing the same a full time. rotation. You were gone last week. Nate's gone this week, and Brennan will be gone next week. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that it? Yeah, that's everything. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to our tasty dish. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> and if you'd like to see those collages, I'll be posting them. Seriously, I I yes. have a feeling. I hope a f- I hope one of our listeners, like literally next Thursday or when this airs. Uh-huh. We yeah. Post pictures of every single person we talked about. <laughs> oh my god, that would be whoever has the time, please the feel internet, free. We would break the internet, I think. <laughs> it would be amazing. Okay, bye everybody. Bye. Goodbye. I love that you're waving, Brennan. Yeah, bye. I think it's- <laughs>